probably the hardest time I've laughed in like recent memory. This is a while back. Uh, it was right before I, I left New York. Me and Nick Mullen were hanging out, and <laughs> we were driving around, um, losing our fucking minds because we were both thinking about moving to New York. We went to an arcade and um, just put like a hundred dollars into one of those coin toss machines where you drop coins and try to win points, and so you can win tickets, so you can win like a boombox or whatever. I mean, he just put, like, a fucking hundo in that thing and looked at me and then just, with madness in his eyes, held his finger down on the button that just spends the money you put into it. And it was like, what are we doing? You know, we were super keyed up and super manic. And <laughs> and he, uh, and so we ended up winning you know, a million tickets and spent, like, fucking half the money we'd saved to move to New York because we were freaking the fuck out. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have enough money to buy or enough tickets to buy anything good so we walked up to the counter and he just went um just give me all vampire teeth <laughs> and so like this poor teenager working at this place had to uh you know count out all these tickets and then divide it by you know vampire teeth cost like two tickets or some shit so <laughs> so you know, they had to go in the back and, like, open new boxes. Just these cardboard boxes that had just come off the truck of vampire teeth and shit. And uh, then we just left with a garbage bag full of vampire teeth. <laughs> and I guess the idea was we were going to throw them, you know, off the stage of this show we were doing that night. So, so then we were driving around, you know, and we are just like, fucking mentally fried. And, uh... And he started doing this, uh, you know, one of those dumb characters. That if, you're, if you're not familiar with Nick Mullen, he's a funny guy, and he's just, he just slips into these weird characters from time to time. So we're driving behind a BMW on the highway, and he just starts going, well, 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 Mr. BMW. And we both start doing it. We both just slip into this weird redneck character. And <laughs> just this slighted, you know, person who's just offended by this big city BMW just going... Well, goddamn, Mr. BMW, just over and over and over again, you know, just kind of like chewing on a toothpick, staring out the window, you know, slipping into this absurd joke, the type of joke you get into on a road trip doesn't really quite make sense, but you both get it, you know, <laughs> Mr. BMW, right? <laughs> so what happened next is that we went, <laughs> we went to the show or we showed up to the venues at Spider House Ballroom in Austin, Texas, and... Um, so the idea came from uh, another comic and activist, actually, uh, Caitlin Marone, um, here in New Orleans. Uh, she's the shit. But basically, she got pulled over um, a couple times in the same night and harassed by cops for having a brake light out in Florida, I believe. And then kind of came up with this idea of like, hey, what if socialists just changed people's brake lights uh, for free? to try and cut down on the interactions with the police and at the same time used it as a method to sort of consolidate working class people to work together on a project uh, that confronts state violence. Oh, that's, um, that's a good summation, I'd say. Yeah, I, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, you got your elevator pitch. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> so... Imagine actually pitching that to someone in an, in an elevator, and I'm just being like, "What the fuck are those words?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's David Letterman, and you forgot uh, what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. Um, so, uh, 
one thing I remember kind of talking about when we were driving to Baton Rouge was that, <laughs> and you sort of hinted that that just now, um, is something that is interesting and not entirely universal, but um, but a lot of people are finding themselves to have in common right now, which is that you were sort of uh, one of the people before leftist politics, you know, became within the Overton window and became sort of uh, uh, accessible and okay to talk about somebody who had already been sort of left. Is that right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, less active. I think there was like a, a pretty long period in my life. Sorry, I'm letting my cat in right now. Uh, yeah, I where to walk away and there's just another crane over here, so I can't. Yeah, it sounded it. like there were birds or something. Uh, where you are now, she's trying to bite my food. This is great podcasting. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, there there was a pretty long period in my life where I just kind of like tried to the apathy unsuccessfully. Uh, and uh, I wasn't really doing anything to help the world, but I guess I've always leaned like pretty far left. I got like hippie parents, kind of discovered like anarchist ideas at a very young age, um, and uh, hated George Bush so much, man. I was an angsty teen who fucking hated Bush. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's uh, the origin for a lot of us, I think. Yeah, for sure. There was like the Republican National Convention was in uh, St. Paul in 2008, where I'm from. And, you know, the cops beat the shit out of everybody. And it's like to protect, you know, just this group of shitty Republicans. It was like it was pretty awful scene and uh, it radicalized a lot of people. I bet. I, I mean, I grew up in Texas, so, you know, he was he was definitely either with him or against him. And if you were, uh, you know, not insane, you were <laughs> against him. Um but I also remember, like, I remember, like, back then, it's weird, because you could pretty easily look at the big picture and go, oh, this guy seems bad, he's starting a war and shit. But, you know, wasn't that well-read when I was a kid, and I didn't really know, like, a lot of times the specifics of, uh, you know, why he was so bad. But I, I remember back then, all the cool comedians hated Bush, and all the cool, like, punk bands did. And so, on some level, you tr- just trusted. No effects must know what they're talking about, and it's really weird now because <laughs> no effects knows what the fuck they're talking about at all. Um, but when you're, you know, thirteen, they, it's good guidance. <laughs> yeah, it was a buoy in the water. It's definitely, 